Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pac-Man podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint. We begin with a couple of stories about two mayors in particular from around the country. Now, some of these school boards in, in town and village boards around the country, I'm telling you, these people are like, uh, they're dictators. We're having an issue with our local school board here in Cambridge, in southern Washington County. And the issue is whether or not to keep the Cambridge Indian mascot. It's been the team mascot for generations. And a few liberals on the school board and in the arts community want to change it. What I think they should do is put it before the voters. Put it to the people for a vote via referendum, the way you decide school board but school budgets. But they won't do that because they'll get they'll get a result they don't of which they don't approve, and that's why they're not putting it before the people. Anyway, things have gotten testy here in recent weeks, but in Loudoun County, Virginia, things are really getting out of hand. Two people were arrested or given citations for trespassing and disorderly conduct. They had the, the, the temerity to question whether the school board should continue with uh, th- this transgender agenda. The parents are tired of it. They're tired of the communism being taught their children. Their children are being indoctrinated. And we are paying for the weapons of our own destruction, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's going on. We're being forced through our tax dollars to pay for these uh, the, these, uh, the school district's agendas. Uh, most of these agendas come down from the state and federal governments. But in Loudoun County, the couple of p- parents have said, look, we've had it. That's it. So they tried to shut down parental comments on its social campaign at this week's meeting. And uh, th- this board in Loudoun County is one that punished a teacher, Tanner Cross. They suspended Cross because he objected to members' decision to adopt teaching programs that violate his Christian faith. And then they doubled down on that decision by pursuing an appeal of a court order to reinstate him. Now, this the board's got a plan to adopt all these various promotions for the transgender lifestyle choice. They're pushing this on our young people. Do you know that? Do you pay attention to what happens in your local school district? You ought to. You got to pay attention to what's going on in your local school board because the school board sets policy. They get to choose superintendents. They get to decide what is being taught in your local school district that you're paying for with your tax dollars. So pay attention to it. People here in our local community are now, I think, attuned to what's happening happening on the school board. And it's not always good. Some of these people, I mean, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They got maybe, they have good intentions for the most part. But we know where good intentions lead, don't we? So in Loudoun County, I mean, these parents have said, look, no more critical race theory. It's Marxist in its origins. No more teaching the, the transgender lifestyle or LGBTQ or how, uh, how uh, normal homosexuality is. None of it's normal. It's aberrant behavior. It's immoral. It, is, it goes against God's moral truths. And any Christian worth his salt would stand up and, and fight this. But many people don't fight because they don't know what's going on. So this is uh, going on in Virginia, and uh, this guy, this Cross, his name is Tanner Cross, spoke at a school board meeting a month ago, and he said he would not comply with the board's plans to promote this transgenderism because of his Christian faith, and he was suspended. He was he was uh, deemed a disruption, and it's going on all over the country. You go on uh, Facebook or YouTube, you can see some of the viral videos of parents just saying, look. You're not going to teach my kid about critical race theory. A lot of black parents have had enough enough of it. Anyway, I want to touch four or five different topics here and keep it within 15 or 20 minutes. There's a mayor of a small town in Colorado 
who said that the Pledge of Allegiance is divisive. So he unilaterally removes the pledge from the town board's agenda for all future meetings. He didn't take a vote on it. He didn't take a vote of his board. He just, you know, it's a dictate, basically. It's in Silverton, Colorado. The mayor is Shane Furman. He said, due to direct and indirect threats, inappropriate comments in and out of public meetings, and the general divisiveness this is creating in our community, we will not be doing the Pledge of Allegiance during the town of Silverton Board of Trustee meetings. So immediately, his dictate was challenged by town trustee Molly Barella, who pointed out the board had discussed the feature and had decided to include it. It's a board decision. One man can't decide for the entire board, can he? That's kind of what's going on here in Cambridge with the Cambridge Indian mascot. But Furman told her to find a code provision that did not allow him to take his action, and then it could be discussed. So later in the meeting, a member of the audience got up during the uh, public comment uh, period and recited it, to which Furman then said it was out of order, and if it happened again, he would or uh, order the audience members removed from the public meeting. I can't believe this stuff is going on here. Who is offended by the pledge? I'm not saying you got to walk around pumping your chest and, you know, singing God Bless America at every board meeting, but the Pledge of Allegiance? Anybody who is threatened or offended by the pledge is somebody who doesn't belong in these meetings. If you don't like the pledge, then I don't know what to tell you. This is how we celebrate our country. You take a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. That is offensive to people who don't like the flag, who don't like America, and don't like what the flag represents, freedom and liberty. So the mayor is offended. Like a lot of, uh, I don't know if he's a Democrat or Republican, I don't think it matters. But to tell members of the public they're not allowed to say the Pledge of Allegiance during a public comment section and have them, and threaten to have them removed, it's like a one strike and you're out policy. You know, we have this thing called the First Amendment. We have the Bill of Rights. You don't suspend the Bill of Rights because you're afraid of some division. And this is going on for a couple of months. This Barella, the trustee, told a local TV station in Denver back in April of 2020 when the newest board members were seated, the mayor brought it up that he didn't want to do the pledge because it's not really a thing, his words. It was a four to three vote that we continue to do it. So they've been doing it until recently. He decided, well, we're not going to do it any longer. Those people ought to take, I won't say string him up, but they ought to run him out on a rail. Here's another mayor. This guy, uh, this excuse me, this woman, her name is Mayor London Breed. Listen to this woman. She is, uh, you talk about being off your rocker. I, I read a piece by uh, Daniel Greenfield, who's one of the, really the, one of the fine investigative reporters in the country. Have you ever heard of Daniel Greenfield? Uh, a lot of people haven't. He writes for Front Page Magazine. David Horowitz is the head of that magazine, a gentleman whom I've had the, uh, the great pleasure of interviewing several times. David Horowitz is one of the great political thinkers in America today. He's, you know, he's 81 years old, but he's still he's sharp as a tack. He's Harvard educated, and he's written some uh, really, really fine books. More on that maybe in a future show. But this woman is the mayor. It has to be somewhere. Oh, it's in San Francisco which, by the way, was voted the most racist city in the entire country. I saw the headline. I didn't read it. I don't have it. But maybe we'll talk about that in a future show as well. Here's, here's a quote from this mayor, London Breed. Yes, I'm the mayor, but I'm a black woman first. This is what she told a crowd of all these oppressed millionaires in San Francisco. Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx was among the, the people she was addressing. 
at San Francisco's first kneel-in. These people are nuts. Absolutely nuts. And they're communists. Every single one of them, to a man and woman. But I'll just read you the quote. Black Lives Matter, the highest paid mayor in the country, by the way. Black Lives Matter, she said, is born out of pain. It is born out of racism that we are going to fight against. It is born out of our struggle, our blood, sweat, and tears. (laughs) I love Greenfield's next line here. Breed knows a lot about racism, not so much about fighting it. And this is what goes on during these meetings. Again, people in San Francisco pay for this and pay for her salary. I don't know what she gets paid here. It's probably somewhere later in this. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe what she's... This is unbelievable. Here's what she's paid. She oversees a city in which people are people are dying. People are literally fleeing for their lives in San Francisco. There's human uh, excrement uh, on sidewalks. It's a, it's a dump. But sh- this woman draws the largest salary of any mayor in the country. Combined with benefits, $452,421. She makes a lot more than the mayors of New York and Los Angeles. Another 31 staffers in her office earn, earn, (laughs) not earn, but they pull down over $200,000 a year for being city officials. They don't create anything. They don't create a product people want or need. They suck off the taxpayer dime. She makes, with all the benefits, nearly a half a million dollars a year to come up with this stuff. During a previous election, a mob of her Black Lives Matter supporters showed up at an event for an Asian opponent, and they taunted this woman as a skinny uh, a skinny ASS rice-eating MFer. And the people of San Francisco, with their tax dollars, pay these people. One of them shouted, this is London Breed's house. No, it's the people's house, comrade. I'll tell you, I, I don't, I mean, that wouldn't happen where, where I live. But it's San Francisco, it's California. The idiot running California, the, uh, the mayor there, they're trying to recall him. So a Republican, an Asian Republican, put up a billboard attacking Breed, immediate false accusations of racism. Breed's spokesman claimed that, quote, race baiting like this is divisive, dangerous, shameful, and must be rejected. But the ad didn't mention race. They mentioned race. They always do. Nobody said anything about racism. London Breed is counting the money. That's her paycheck. She makes $350,000 a year while people are dying on the streets. Anyway, we'll finish up with this. There's a new law in Florida that prevents companies and organizations operating there from requiring vaccine passports. That's a documentation that purports to prove an individual has been vaccinated for COVID-19. That's good news. That's what we, I'm all for that. There shouldn't be any vaccine passports. But as, as a part of this, this law, there's a provision I read here in, I think this is red state, which allows the government to force vaccinations on people. The paragraph in the state's second engrossed version of SB 2006, again, this is the state of Florida. It's not a federal law but in Florida, an act relating to emergency management in more states, if the individual poses a danger to the public health, the state health officer may subject the individual to isolation or quarantine. If there is no practical method to isolate or quarantine the individual, the state health officer may use any means necessary to vaccinate or treat the individual. Now, we're still having this mandatory vaccination fight here in America, some other countries around the world are forcing their people to get vaccinated, but they don't have a bill of rights. They don't have 
a U- they don't have a constitution the way we have a constitution. It's not like ours. Our constitution favors the individual over the collective, or it used to. So, so some private organizations, some private companies have demanded their employees be vaccinated, and they fire those who refuse. Well, that, that's their right. People, you know, companies can hire and fire whoever they want to for any reason whatsoever. The state, and this is interesting, I find it interesting, I work for the New York State Assembly, they have not required, the governor has not made that a condition of employment, not yet. And the reason I think, I haven't heard this from any official source, but some of these companies that are forcing their people to get vaccinated, the people get, they get the, the, the doses of vaccines and then they have negative side effects and they are suing the companies. They're saying, I got injured at work. So they're filing these uh, workers' comp lawsuits. And I think the governor is afraid of similar things happening in New York State. That's, not, that's why he's not requiring vaccinations as part of uh, employment. At least he hasn't yet. So, but, you know, governments, not just New York State government, governments all over the country are trying to bribe their citizens to get vaccines. If they're so good, these vaccines, why aren't, why isn't everybody getting vaccinated? Why do they have to, you know, give people uh, free tickets to Yankees games and uh, chances at winning the lottery and all this other stuff to bribe people into getting these vaccines? Anyway, this Florida provision comes in a portion of the law set, uh, setting the agenda for state officials when a public health emergency is declared to identify and and document cases and deaths. So we they leave it to the state of Florida, I guess. I, we leave things to state government. In much the same way New York State's Department of Health did this past winter, right? They did a bang-up job, didn't they? Do you trust your own state government to do the right thing on your behalf? I don't. But that's the main thrust of my argument. I mean, liberals and statists, progressives, they don't trust us to take the necessary steps to protect ourselves and our fellow citizens. They want to use government coercion to force their will. They will always use public safety or the general welfare uh, of the people as a pretext to trample our, our rights. It's always about the public health. That's how we got Obamacare. The general welfare clause of the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, whatever's good for the public, that, that uh, trumps individual rights. All right, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you want to find this show, you go to the bmgnetwork.com. If uh, you have found it, obviously, if you're listening, you found the show. But tell your, your friends about it, bmgnetwork.com, a host of other fine shows on that uh, website. We have uh, the Ken and Mike show. We have the Ken Burns show, Mic'd Up with Mike Hansen, uh, the Adrian Ross program, and uh, Set Apart with Kristen Kuhn. So all these shows, and we have columns up there too for your edification and your enjoyment. Go to thebmgnetwork.com if you want to contact me directly. It's pacman at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.